thankful for each one of you coming out and hey thankful for uh, some beautiful fall day we got um i know we got clouds and stuff but hey makes those leaves sure pop and look beautiful i think we still got probably maybe another week of some leaves changing still i don't know they'll start falling and then some of you crazy people actually rake those things up right i'm telling you god wanted them to fall he's gonna let them fall he'll take care of them. i ain't gonna worry <laughs> you gotta work work smart not hard all right but um i'm thankful for you guys being with us today a couple quick things thank you to all those who were able to come out uh, this past Friday night to our fabulous fall family fun fling ding and chili cook-off where we had fun, fun, fun till we're done, done, done. Whew! I won't have to say that for a whole year, so I'm glad. I will have to practice again. But uh, we had a great time, had a good turnout, and I had lots of good chili. Had 13 different chilies there, and I had some great desserts and everything. We did have a couple of winners. Um, we had a hottest chili winner was uh, Mr. Rick Jones back there, and so he won hottest chili. And so if you, if you want some spice in your life, go see Rick. Um, and then uh, our best chili was actually a tie, but it was a tie with one person who brought two chilies, and that was CW. So if you want good chili, go see CW. If you want chili to wake you up, go see Rick, all right? But, and uh, the rest of our chilies were good, too, I guess. We just, we just didn't win. But, <laughs> but we had a good time and uh, had a pumpkin pie eating contest. And, boy, this morning we're preaching on gluttony, aren't we? No, I'm kidding, but. No, it was a good time, though. We're grateful for all those that came out, and uh, we enjoyed it thoroughly. But um, a couple quick things. Um, if you are interested in helping out in the sound room, um, which, by the way, I want you all to do this. Everybody do it. I don't see enough people doing it. Y'all feel that heartbeat? If not, check somewhere else. I don't know. Check your neighbors or something. But we can use you. If you've got a heartbeat and a pulse, you can do that thing back there, all right? It's not that hard. It's, we got instructions and everything, but we need some extra folks, all right? We, we have, uh, you might run into people getting sick. We've only got a limited number of people that can, that can work and operate that. And um, if y'all want sound and want to hear a microphone and want to have an electric piano and have Facebook and have live stream and CDs, we need you, all right? So if you think you can help and want to get some training and uh, be prepared for that, stop by the sound booth after church, all right? And we could set up a time to get you trained and we'll do several train sections before we throw you out to the wolves all right you'll be you'll be okay um also a reminder this evening instead of 6 30 we're going to be having our evening service at six o'clock for our lord's supper we'll be having uh, a shorter message and then transitioning into our lord's supper time and so please come and uh make sure and please note that earlier time at six o'clock we want to give a little bit of time in case there are folks who are trying to trick-or-treat early or late and some who are going to be staying home pass out tracks all that stuff um, so a little different, but uh, difference okay, all right? It's just, just one night, we'll be all right. Um, then to remind you as well about Christmas on the Bayou. Uh, we're filling up 75 boxes for Christmas for those in need in Louisiana, and it's also being done through one of our own personal missionaries, A.J. James. We've got some boxes out there that you're welcome to take and take one of the little pamphlets as well to uh, know what to put in there, what not to put in there. But whatever you do, Put love into it, all right? I don't care what you put in there, as long as it follows the instructions and you're doing it with the right heart, and that God will bless it. It's going to go to a needy people this Christmas, and uh, thank you all. We've already had well over half of them uh, taken and, and being filled up. And once you do fill them up, feel free. Bring them back to church and stack them right here, all right? And we'll make them nice and pretty, because I want you all to see the work you guys do and to, to see that together you can accomplish an awful lot of great things, all right? But thank you all so much for it. Be praying for these things. And, um, and uh, I want to go ahead and open up in prayer this morning, 
And thank you all for coming. If we do have a visitor today, if you're a visitor for the first time and first time in a long time, feel free. You can slip up your hand or see one of our guys before you leave today. we got a gift for you, and we just got a visitor card. We'd love just to say thanks for coming, all right? But you can throw up your hand. Yes, sir. Deadline on the boxes is the last Sunday in November. Is that right? 21st? Yeah, see, what do I know, all right? <laughs> but 21st of November, okay? So you got, I think, three more Sundays four Sundays, bring it before December, all right, and here, all right, but the instructions and the date is on the back sheet at the, where, where the boxes are, okay, and I'll work on knowing what I should know up here uh, next go around, but, but thank you all so much for it. Let's pray this morning and ask the Lord to help us. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We're grateful to gather to worship you, Lord. Thank you for, for the fellowship that we had this past Friday night, and Lord, for the great things to come. Lord, we've got uh, a busy season ahead of us, but Lord, a, a season of which well, I believe that you're going to do great things. Lord, I thank you for each soul that's here today. I pray that you would bless them. Lord, meet their needs. If there's one who needs to be saved, I pray that you would draw them uh, through your word, through the, your Holy Spirit, and save that soul today. God, uh, if there's one who needs to be convicted of sin or, or needs relief or encouragement, whatever the need of the heart might be today, God, I pray that you would meet that need. And Lord, that today in all that we say and do and sing and, and preach, God, that you would be glorified and honored. And Lord, that today you would uh, give us your power and your presence in all things, Lord. And God, I pray that you would help us today. Keep your hands upon this service and we give it over to you now. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Turn to hymn number three. If you desire to look there, we have it up here on the screen too. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Revelation 4, 8. is holy and uh, we need to really blast out on those words because he is holy 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 our next song is jesus saves and that's a joyful sound one one joyful sound that every christian should enjoy making jesus saves that's hymn number 438 <laughs> 
sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward to our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. By his tales and deepest caves, this our song of victory. Jesus save, Jesus save. That does make a joyful sound. Okay, remain standing. Hymn number 70, A Perfect Heart. That is what we all should desire, to have a perfect heart in Christ. And only one can make it, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless the Lord who reigns in beauty. Bless the Lord who reigns in wisdom and with power. Bless the say amen. amen and turn around and wave and smile and say hello and welcome to Victory Way Baptist Church and after you do all those 10 things you can be seated <laughs> okay we have some special music now and I guess that would be me let me get to my song here <clears throat> Make a perfect heart, but he's got to change mine. I don't know about yours, but he's definitely got to change my heart to make it perfect. So to his, for his honor and his glory, we're going to sing, Change My Heart, O God. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true, change my heart, O God, may I be like you, 
make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. You are the pray with me as we bow. Our Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for having me sing that song. For your honor and glory. And only you can change our heart, Lord. Please change our heart. Make us just like you. Lord, we ask, Lord, you meet with us. Magnify your presence here today. And, Lord, speak to our hearts, challenge us, correct us, convict us. And, Lord, encourage us from your word through your man, Pastor Joe. We ask, Lord, you touch him, fill him, Lord, with your spirit, anoint him, give him unction, give him power, give him a freshness. Give him clarity of thought, Lord, and clarity of speech, and give him boldness in the Holy Ghost. Lord, just help him to preach and proclaim your, your word, truths from thy word. And, Lord, speak to our hearts through him and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And may everything said and done here today in the preaching of thy word and in the singing, Lord, bring honor and glory to you and lift up the name of Jesus. Because that's in Jesus' name we pray and ask all things, and that's why we're here. Amen.
Okay. We got a new song. Uh, I think. <laughs> Somewhat new. Uh, hymn number 597, Take My Life and Let It Be. It's a beautiful message and a beautiful song. And please stand if you're not already. All right, you are. Hymn number 597. Take my life and let it be consecrated. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Appreciate that song this morning. Appreciate all the songs sung this morning. Beautiful hymns picked out, and, and uh, thank you, JL, for, for putting so much work and heart into it and for singing that song this morning. I needed that. Uh, right now, for ages 4 to 6, for Children's Church, they can be dismissed. Children's Church, ages 4 to 6. Anybody? All right. We're having Children's Church in here today. Somebody break out the animal crackers. No, I'm just kidding. All right. I'm just kidding. We're not, but <laughs> far from it, I believe. Turn with me to Romans chapter number 11 this morning. Romans chapter number 11. We're going to be looking at verses number 3 through 36 today, I believe, for perhaps one of the most important messages, certainly that I've preached here, and perhaps one of the most important passages of Scripture in the book of Romans, let alone the Bible. This morning, as we sing these songs, so many of these words ring out and bring so much what we need here for many of you today you don't know or care and that's okay but um, I'm a big reader I love to read I love history I love what God has done with his people throughout history and today is 504 years since a German monk nailed 95 theses to a door to open up a discussion with the church and ultimately would send forth waves now whether you agree with everything or not about being reformed or reformation this or that it doesn't matter what it did is it brought back the sense of the glory of God for all things and through all things. This past month, the month of October, we have dealt with one main topic, and it brings to a, a point today 
Today, if you missed the past four Sundays, today is the Sunday that you really need to be here anyways. Not that the past four weren't good or didn't matter, anything like that. They were very much important, but we have the Scripture alone as our guide and authority that shows us that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. It is the glory of God that is found in every one of those others. Where you find the Scripture alone, you find the glory of God. Where you find the grace of God, you find the glory of God. Where you find faith alone, you find the glory of God. Where you find Christ, you find the revelation, the divine revelation, in the flesh, manifest the glory of God. Today I want us to read this passage. We're going to be in a few different places if time allows. But today, this is a conclusion of the foundations of faith month, I guess, if you will. Glory to God alone. Verse number 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been His counselor? Or who hath First given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, through him, and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, I come to you this morning. I want to thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I come to you weak and frail, with a mind and a heart that is full and yet everywhere at one time. God, I pray that you would still my heart and my mind and allow me to preach your word boldly and accurately. God, that today, that if nothing else happens, that you would be receiving the glory which you deserve, Lord. God, in all things that we say and do, and Lord, now I ask and beg of you as your word is open, that the power of your Holy Spirit would overwhelm us, would overtake our hearts, our troubles, our sins. And Lord, that as we look at who You are, we would in turn give You glory for that very reason. Lord, we love You and we thank You. In Christ's name, Amen. There's going to be two points today. No poem either. <laughs> Number one today, we must know the glorious God. The first portion, verse 33 to the first part of Verse 36 we're going to look at today. We're going to be looking at and examining the intrinsic glory of God. You might be asking yourself right now, what does intrinsic mean? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to answer it in a minute. I believe perhaps one of the grave issues of our day and our churches is that we pray and we sing much about the word glory or giving glory to God or say, oh, glory to God. Or, but we know very little of what that means. We, we do much lip service to say and talk and discuss about the glory of God without ever actually giving glory to God, let alone knowing the glory of God. And I would say before we go any further, you will never give glory to God unless you know the glory of God. We have weak and anemic and frail believers who are so shallow in their faith or so frail in their faith, they have little to no assurance. They're fighting and battling and losing sin. They're discouraged and depressed and divided amongst themselves. And all the while, I believe the root reason is because we have gazed at everything else for 
far too long and we have not even glanced at the glory of God. In the book of Exodus, Moses, the servant of God, the lawgiver, the one who God was speaking and using and, and using to lead the people out, they had gone through and now they're beginning their trek. The law had been given. And while Moses is up on the mountaintop with God, the people down below begin uh, this wave of idolatry and blasphemy and breaking every commandment that God is literally giving to Moses on the mountain. And Moses comes back down and, well, he, he gets them right. They have church that day. And then just about a chapter later, over in chapter 33, God and Moses meet. Moses doesn't just go to hear or to have God listen to him, but rather he steps back and he listens to what God has to say as well. Moses asks a couple of things of God, and I believe they're incredibly important. And, and they're going to be saved for another message, to be honest with you. But what he does say, in short, is first, God, if we're going to get to the promised land, you've got to go before us. We need your presence. And then God says, I'm there. I've been there from the beginning. I'll continue to be there. Moses says, okay. To you and I, that should have been the end of the conversation. He's already asking quite the bit of God to say, God, unless you go with us, it's not worth going. God, unless you're in our midst, we're not worth gathering. God, unless you are here, then it's not worth it. We should just stay in Egypt. Unless you're with us, God, then we've got no hope. We've got no direction. We've got nothing. The second thing, instead of hushing up, he asks God for one more thing, and I believe it was greater than the first. He then says, God, one more thing. Show me your glory. He doesn't just want God's presence, but he wants his power and his life to be demonstrated and revealed to him. Because Moses knows that he won't take another step close to the promised land unless God goes before him. But he knows as well that he won't take another step forward to the promised land unless God gives him the power and the strength to do so because of all of who God is. And for some strange reason in today, we have been so focused on every problem that we've got. We're so divided over practical things and non-issue things that we make issues and we make mountains out of molehills. And we are so easily distracted by the things of this world. And we're so consumed by the things of church, but not the things of Christ. We want numbers and we want money and we want missions, missionaries on mission boards, but we don't want God's glory because we don't really know what that looks like. Because for so long we've wanted just the outside part of what God gives because that's what we just want. We just want what God gives. We don't want God. To know the glory of God is to say, God, I appreciate all that you give to me, but I just need you. If you strip away the pews, and the microphones, and the piano, and the ministries, and everything else, if all we've got is that we gather, and God is here, and God speaks to us through His Word, then that is all we need. And in all things, that He gets the glory. We somehow want our church name to get the glory. We want the preacher's name to get the glory. We want the committee or subcommittee to get the glory. We want ourselves to get the glory. And we would say, oh, I don't do it for credit. I just make sure I tell everybody, look what I'm doing. We want a plaque for everything. We want an attaboy for everything. And granted, I appreciate everyone that does work in here. But guess what? If you do it because you want the attaboy or the slap on the back or the good job or the thumbs up or the plaque, 
then you need a heart check. All things must be to the glory of God. Now this passage here in Romans 11 if you're reading the book of Romans, it seems totally out of place, but really if you understand the book of Romans, it could not come at a better place. The context of this, Romans is literally giving out the whole gospel. It, how do I know? Because you can go read it. From chapter 1, he says, it is the gospel that is the power of God and the salvation. Not just to the Jew, but he says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To all who believe and that all who are justified, all who are saved, all who know God live and walk by faith alone. And that's it. Every doctrine that we've covered so far this month of October from Scripture, grace, uh, faith, and Christ, it is found and exposited all throughout, saturated in, in chapters 1 through 11. They are what we would call in the book of Romans the, the doctrine section. And then chapter 12 begins what we would call the, the practical stuff, taking the doctrine and putting it into place. It is getting in your head who God is, all that God is, and what He wants you to know, and then believing it in your heart so that you can live it out with your hands. Not the other way around. Religion does the other way around. But when God works and when God is in it, head, heart, hands. We are changed from the inside out because of the glorious gospel, and it's only the gospel that will do such. And after He's given such doctrine, He comes now to a time of praise. Most would say in their church, if we were to take polls and, and research about what people want, it would be less doctrine and more programs. It would be shorter sermons and give me the self-help or the easy one, two, three steps to change my life. I could give it to you every single week and your life won't be changed unless you know God. All you'll do is you'll be doing religion and, and I will be heaping up coals and judgment upon my own self. One commentator writes about this section. For 11 chapters, Paul has been giving his comprehensive account of the gospel. Step by step, he has shown how God has revealed his way of putting sinners right with himself. How Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. How we are united with Christ in his death and resurrection. How the Christian life is lived not under the law, but in the Spirit. And how God plans to incorporate the fullness of Israel and of the Gentiles into his new community. Paul's horizons are vast. He takes in time and eternity, history and eschatology, justification, sanctification and glorification. Now he stops out of breath. Analysis and argument must give way to adoration. Many of us can tell all the Bible stories. Many of us can talk all about the things of church, but we know little about the glory of God. We know little very few of us have these moments of our life where we've been overpowered and overwhelmed by the glory of God. And I want you to know, we are generations away from believers who truly were, who truly knew God's glory, much like Moses did in a way, of wanting to know not what God gives, but wanting to know God and to give Him glory for it. We don't give glory to God for the things He gives. We give glory to God because of who He is. That's the source. That's the reason. The glory of God and to God must be the basis of all that we do and all that we are. It is doctrine that leads to doxology. How many of y'all ever grew up singing the doxology in church? Anybody? A few of you? Anybody want to volunteer and sing it for the rest of us? No? Okay. Right? Now, the doxology, you know it. Why do they call it? Well, the word dox is the word glory. It is where we get that from. It's to glorify something. 
You will not glorify a God that you first don't know and believe. You will give no glory to Him, and you can offer no glory to Him. Why do they call it doxology? Not just because of the, the etymology of the name of it, but rather because of what it actually does. Every song that we sing in this place, every special, every word spoken is to be God-centered, God-glorifying, God-honoring, God-saturated. Everything must be about the Lord because if it's not, throw it away. Don't have it. Don't do it. Or don't even show up. It must be solely about the Lord. And we will not praise God or work for God or give God glory unless we know about Him. Doctrine is not boring. Doctrine is necessary to change your heart from the inside out. Theology, doctrine, leads to doxology. The higher and deeper you study, the higher and deeper your belief, the higher and deeper your understanding of God, then the higher and deeper your praise will be. Many of you that grew up seeing the doxology probably sung it a little bit like this, didn't you? Praise God from whom blessings flow. Praise Him below. And you just wanted it over, didn't you? Let's be honest and real with ourselves. Why? Because either one, we didn't actually know the God we were singing about, or two, it was just not really our cup of tea. See, I could care less about what style of music. I said it. Be all right. If a heart's not in it, it don't matter. If it's not for God, then it's for nothing. If it's not because of your knowledge and your relationship with God, then you may as well sit back down. I don't care how good your voice is. I don't care how talented you are. I would rather take someone who can't carry a tune in a five-gallon bucket in a wheelbarrow with a lid on it sings to the glory of God any day. Some of the sweetest music I've ever heard in church took place in a tiny little church that, as far as I know right now, probably has its doors closed. I want you to know God doesn't get glory out of churches that split, divide, let alone that close up shop. They were small in number. And there was a lady. Her and her brother were the only survivors of their family pretty much, and they lived together and she was one who couldn't carry a tune in a five-gallon bucket and a wheelbarrow with a lid on it. She couldn't sing. She sang every, every Sunday. Looking back, it was the sweetest songs, the sweetest hymns sung, off-tempo, off-key, but all for God. And that's what we need. And there was a preacher who couldn't preach long because his back was so messed up that in between Sunday school and Sunday morning, he had to lay in the pew just to have enough strength and his back stretched enough to be able to climb the stairs, much shorter than these, mind you, to do his best to preach as he had done for decade after decade to fewer and fewer people, older and older people, as his own health failed. But yet God was glorified in those services. The shallow your theology is, the shallow your worship will be. Shallow theology produces shallow worship. Shallow theology produces shallow believers. Shallow theology produces shallow faith. And before you know it, 
your faith has run aground in the shallow waters of this world, you will not truly give God glory that He deserves until you actually know Him. To know God is the chief end of everything. You can know many famous people. You can know a lot of things in this world. But if you don't know God, you know nothing. You have no knowledge. You have no hope. You have no peace. But if you know God, you have everything. You know all that you need to know. You know all the people that you need to know. It is God and God alone. Our goal in life, our goal in church, our goal in our homes, our goal for our children and grandchildren should be not that they grow up to be rich and famous or have easier lives than what we did growing up. It should be that they know God. But most of our programs and churches are built so that way you know, they'll stay and, or they'll have a good time or they'll maybe learn a Bible verse. And, and those things, okay, it's a part of it, it's nice, but unless they know God, it's nothingness. And if you, when you walk in here on a Sunday morning, and I could preach a multitude of things, but if I don't preach the Bible, if I don't preach God, if I don't point you to the glory of God, then nothing took place here. Our goal must be to know God. That's it. What's your goal for church? What's your goal for meeting? What's your goal for your home? Is it just to keep the wife happy, get the kids a good education, and just make it to retirement? If that's the case, it's the wrong goal. Back up, punt, try again. It's for the glory of God. All that we do. Every breath that is given is because of who God is and that He's given it to us. Therefore, what do we do with it? We have the choice either to pour it back into ourselves or to pour it back out as sacrifices, living sacrifices for God. We don't need shallow sermons. We need deeper doctrine. And if you're truly in Christ, you're going to have a hunger and a thirst for depth. If you want shallow, if you want the sprinkles and sugar, you might want to check to see if you truly are born again. Someone who knows Christ wants to go deeper. There's a song used to get sung in a lot of churches. I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. For most of us, though, it's, I want to get more from my Jesus. I want to have stuff, all He gives. It's not, I want God. It's not, I want to know Him. And it's not even that I just want to know all the facts I can know about God in my head. It's that I want to know God in my heart. Countless men and women have literally bled and died for God's glory to make sure that the gospel is preached, that the gospel is known, that the gospel is translated, that the gospel is sent forth. And they've died to the glory of God. Why? Because their lives were lived for the glory of God. They weren't lived to be the best Christian or the best church member or the best this director or that director. That was to give God glory. We're missing that today. The question is, what is the glory of God? as we speak of today, the intrinsic glory. The intrinsic glory of God is the sum and total of all of who God is in His character, in His attributes, and in His work. That's why doctrine matters. That's why the Bible matters. That's why Scripture alone matters. That's why grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone matter. Because all bring 
out the knowledge and revelation of who God is, and it shows us his glory. So when Moses there stands and says, God, show me your glory, he says, God, don't just go with me, but let me know who you are. Show me all of you. There used to be times that some of you older saints would remember services where the glory of God would come down, but yet we've got hardly any of that. I'd pray to see that. I've begged God this week to see it. Begged God to see not, folks not even waiting for an altar call or music to play or head bowed and eyes closed to come and get right with God. I'd, I'd beg to see a move of God the way Moses saw in his own life and the way uh, the Reformers saw and the way the Puritans saw and the way many other mighty men of God have seen in their life and ministry. And the reason why they saw it is because they were consumed with a zeal for the glory of God. Not a can be consumed with a zeal for making sure we live a comfortable life or have a church that looks like what we want it to look like. Intrinsic glory is all of who He is and nothing can be added to or taken away from it. God is God and God is God alone. Isaiah 45.18 tells us this. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens. I would stop right there. Simply because it's God who made it, therefore it's God who is sovereign over it, who has authority over it. This universe belongs to God. Why did He make it? The Bible tells us because He's God, because He wanted to, and it brings Him glory. Furthermore, God Himself that formed the earth and made it he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Are there other gods? No. Are there other lords? No. Is there anyone that can compare to God? No. He is the Lord God Almighty alone. When we say those words, we sing those words, but we don't live out those words. It's shame on us to know God's glory. Back to Romans 11 here. He begins this after giving all this beautiful doctrine, deep and rich, and he says, oh, the depth of the riches. Oh, the depth of the riches. God is rich in all that he is and all that he does. You want to talk about rich. Oh, man, he's rich in mercy, isn't he? Rich in grace, rich in love. The idea to rich, it's to abound. His mercy is everlasting, everlasting. He himself is rich in all of his character, all of his attributes. He's rich in holiness. He's rich in love. He's rich in justice. He's rich in judgment. He's rich in righteousness. You name it, he's got it. His riches and wisdom and knowledge can be found all throughout in Christ. I'm going to read you several verses here. Ephesians 1.7 in whom we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Ephesians 1.18 The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Ephesians 2.7 That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Ephesians 3.8 Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3.16 
that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. We find here back in Romans 11 is this great pause as the Apostle Paul is going from doctrine to get into the practical things. But I want you to know, your practical Christian life begins and ends with praising God to give Him glory. You can live your life and read all the devotions you want. You can listen to all the preaching you want, sing all the songs you want. But unless it begins with a heart that knows God and believes God and, and, and then lives everything for God, for His glory, there is nothing. With the depth of the riches. God's great plan, according to one commentary, he says, God's great plan of salvation is something that no one could have conceived. No one would have anticipated that God would affect salvation through the death of His Son on a cross. No one would have anticipated that God would bring salvation to Gentiles through the disobedience of Israel or that the blessings enjoyed by Gentiles would lead to salvation by Israel. That's the whole chapter. It's up to this peak point, this Mount Everest of theology and doctrine that comes to a, this peak point of praise. Who else could plan the history of redemption? Furthermore, he says, of the, rich, of the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. First Corinthians tells us about this. I want to tell you about the wisdom and the knowledge of God here. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him that are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth let him glory in the Lord. Our churches need to get back and be reclaimed to the glory of God. Our churches have been ravaged. A false doctrine, false teaching, false conversions, false sheep, false leaders, a multitude of issues. Sins and divisions and discouragements and rebellions and, and hearts that come to church but aren't leaving as the church. Hearts that come to a building but aren't living as the church. Hearts that come to sing to God but don't know God. Boy, we've made a mess of ourselves. We've made a mess of God's church because it belongs to Him and we've cared too much about the name on our sign and giving glory to it and making sure that we're the biggest in town or the best in town or got the best this or the best that. Where's God in that? Who deserves the best? Who is the best? 
Who is the biggest? Who deserves the glory and the credit for building a church or growing a church or pruning a church? God and God alone. As the Bible tells us, unless God builds it, it's not getting built. As he says here, if anyone's going to glory, let him glory in the Lord. Let me see how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. His judgments, the way in which he works, it is beyond our knowledge or comprehension. God is incomprehensible, yet knowable. I can know the God that I can't know all there is to know about. I, I, like Moses, can have a personal walk and fellowship and relationship and knowledge of God and all of his glory, all of his holiness, all of his beauty, all of his righteousness, all of his attributes and character and the way in which he's revealed himself and yet still not reach the bottom. You might have been saved 80 years in this church. If you have, praise the Lord. But you ain't reached the bottom yet. And if you're not dead, you ain't done. It's time to keep digging. It's time to keep swimming. It's time to, te- to, to keep searching out the Scriptures to know God. You, you want to know what's going to cure your ailments, cure your sin, cure your assurance, to cure it all? It's no God. To know Him in all of His glory and how He's revealed Himself. And be changed by it because I want you to know it, you will be changed if you experience the true glory of God. I'm not talking about church or cutting on a program or listening to the radio or reading your Bible for a couple minutes a day. I'm talking about actually knowing God. It's hard work. It takes deep prayer. It brings about much sorrow and much burden. We should be burdened to know God. We should be burdened for His glory. Where is our burden? His ways are past finding out. Isaiah 55 tells us this. The whole chapter is fantastic, but I want to turn to verse number 8 that tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. I challenge you as well if you want to know more about God and all of who He is. Read Isaiah 40. Matter of fact, go ahead and start back at chapter 1. In fact, go ahead and turn back. Just open up the Bible at Genesis 1-1 if you want to know God and His glory. If you've got sin in your life, you've got to get it right. Just go ahead and open up the Bible and beg God to reveal His glory because if you know who He is, it's going to change you forever. Because when Moses experienced the glory of God and he was hidden by a cleft of the rock by God's own hand and saw literally this afterglow of His glory, he literally was glowing when he came back to the people. They had to cover up a veil because people were going... Uh, what's wrong with Moses here? Couldn't even look on him. Yet there's very little difference between the average Christian today and that which is in the world. We should be different. Why? Because when we gather in this place, we should be experiencing the glory of God. When we go from here, you ought to be able to smile and rejoice about it, not going, boy, was he long-winded, or boy, were the songs slow today. It should be, oh man, God was glorified today. Let's go eat some chicken. That's the goal. That's it. That's it. God's great glory. Verse 34, Who hath known the mind of the Lord, who hath been His counselor, who hath first given to Him, and it shall be recumbent unto Him again. And now we come to some meat here. 
First of all, God's great glory for of Him. Of Him. God is the author of this great redemptive story of humanity. God is the author of your life. He has numbered your days. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows you. Why do you refuse to run to Him? Why do you refuse to relinquish your sin and relinquish your heartache to the God of glory who would gladly take it and would gladly help you? God is the source and originator of all living things. And even more so, God is the source and originator of all spiritual things. If you are saved today, it is not because you sought God, it's because He sought you. As the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, that there is none good, there is none righteous, there are none that seeketh. Had God not sought you where you are, you would not be saved today. And I want you to know this right now, whatever your heart's burden, whether it is to be saved today, whether it is to, to get rid of an issue of your heart, an emotional problem or a sin problem, whatever it is today, God is seeking you now. Don't go hiding behind a tree. Don't go hide behind some fig leaves. Surrender to the glorious God and be changed. All things are of God. Nothing is outside of Him. This brings us hope as well that there's not a single thing that will happen in your life that's going to catch Him off guard or be too much for God to handle. God knows all things before the foundation of the world began. He knew you in Christ Jesus. For of Him and through Him. Through Him. God is not just the God who can save you and adopt you and redeem you, but God is the same God that sustains you throughout your days. You say, I can't make it another day. I can't keep going forward. I've got no hope. I've got no assurance. I can't shake these things in my life through God. It is of God and through God. On your strength, no. On your strength, you'd be in hell today, and so would I. But through God, there is redemption. Through God, there is hope. Through God, there is deliverance. I'm afraid that many fundamental Baptists no longer believe in the fundamental of miracles, that God still delivers souls, that God still saves sinners, that God still redeems, that God still takes away burdens, and God still delivers from heartache and depression or, or, or sin or addiction. I believe that God still very much does those things. It is of Him and through Him. He is a sustainer of not just your physical life, but your spiritual life as well. We don't run this race because we're now super Christians. We run this race. It is now Christ in us. It shows us well through Him that He is a sovereign one ruling over all things. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that it is the heart of the King that is in His hand. It is just a couple of chapters ago that he's described as the potter and where the clay. That he gives mercy to who he gives mercy to. That's who God is. He is the God of all time and all circumstances. And lastly, to him. To him. To him are all things. God is the goal of all things. Dear nursery workers, the goal is not just to babysit a kid, it's for the glory of God. Dear children's church leaders and workers, it's not just so we can have something happening in church, it's for the glory of God. The ushers, greeters, counters, preacher, 
Uh, attendees, whatever you are in the church, which, by the way, you have a purpose, it must be to the glory of God. God is the goal of all things. Everything is created and decreed for the glory of God alone. Therefore, our reason for everything must be the glory of God alone. Why do we witness the glory of God? Why do we send missionaries the glory of God? Why do we sing songs and worship the glory of God? Why do we uh, invite others to church the glory of God? Why do we have ministries like uh, nursery or children's church or, or kids club or bus program or this ministry or that ministry or all the ministries must be for the glory of God and if it's not, scrap it. We don't need more stuff. We need more knowledge of God. Secondly, the ascribed glory. It's not just to know the glorious God, but it's to give glory to the glorious God. That's what we want to jump to in church. But we can't jump there unless we first know Him. That's why doctrine matters. That's why the Bible matters. That's why chapters 1 through 11 Romans matter. It's not just, we want the cliff notes. Tell me what I need to know. What you need to know is God. And you won't ever come to a full knowledge and understanding where you know all that there is to know about Him. That's what your whole Christian life is for. And that's why the heavens and glory of God will be so sweet to see Him face to face. We'll talk about a glorious day. That's a glorious day. This is what theologians would call the ascribed glory. This is a glory that we now give to God. Notice the phrase here. Verse 36. To whom be glory forever. Amen. The ascribed glory of God. We cannot ascribe glory to a God that we don't know. We cannot lift up hands and lift up with our words songs of praise to a God that has not changed our heart. Nor should we even be so brazen as to come to church and sing and go through the motions of church without ever stopping to wonder, why are we doing this? What do these words mean? Why does it matter? Who is this God? To ascribe Him glory means to worship, it's to praise, to celebrate the intrinsic glory of God. Why do we sing? Not because it's just what we've always done as a church, but it's because of who God is. The heavens declare the glory. We ascribe the glory. We sing about His glory. Why do we preach? Why do we open up the Bible? Why do we pray? Why do we do these other ministries? It's because of who He is, not what He does. We need to simplify things, get back to just knowing God and going, we do things not because of how good God is to us and we see these material things, but rather just because of who He is. If I know who God is, that will change me and make me want to give Him glory, won't it? Why do you want to talk to a friend? Because you know Him. Why do you want to shake, shake His hand or give Him a high five or a hug and say, man, it's good to see you? Because you know Him. You've seen His character. You've seen how He acts. You've seen His life lived out. You've built relationship and fellowship. You know who He is. If you don't know that person, you're probably a little less likely, especially nowadays, to walk up and say, hey, put her there, pal. Let me give you a hug, right? Good to see you, whatever your name is. We don't do that, do we? You see, we can't jump to 
Oh, I live a life for God's glory if I don't know God's glory. We must be consumed by it. Not just the song leaders, not just the preacher, but the pews need to be consumed by God's glory. We ascribe Him glory in our lives because of His overwhelming intrinsic glory, all that He is. If you come to church, serve, sing, or stand still for any other reason than the glory of God, you have the wrong motivation. Our hearts deceive us. Before we come approaching God, we must have the right heart. And I would say this as well today in most of our churches, and perhaps in your personal life today, the reason why your worship and relationship with God is weak is not because He has changed, it's because you failed to look at His glory, to know Him. We're weak in our worship because we're weak in our faith and understanding of all and who God is. We don't just want to know God, we want to get what He gives. A truly saved soul will desire more than what He does. They're going to just desire God. I want to ask you today, do you want what God gives? Of course you'd say yes. And if I were to ask, do you want just God? Oh, you'd say yes too because everyone else would. But if that was really the case, it would change how we sing, it would change how we serve, it would change how we lead, it would change how we follow, it would change how we read the Word of God, it would change everything. Moses was changed by it. So should we. Paul was changed by it. The apostles were changed by it. The early church was changed by it. The reformers were changed by it. The Puritans were changed by it. The early revivals here in America were changed by it. Because the glory of God was promoted and preached. And it was lived out and given. It's not enough to have a filled head. We need filled hearts of and for God's glory. To whom be glory forever. Every second of your life, every motivation of your heart must be of Him, through Him, to Him, be glory forever. From your salvation, your sanctification, your Christian walk, your ups and your downs, your highs and your lows, and our glorification when we meet Him face to face, it is all to His glory. Why did God save you? Certainly to redeem you, but why? Because in the grand picture of eternal redemption, there is nothing that could possibly bring more glory than redeeming an unlovable people, a rebellious people, a people who did not know God nor want to know God, that God would put on flesh to come down to them because they could not get to Him. That's glorious. That's the gospel. That's, not, that, that's, that's what we need. Everything, according to Romans chapter 8, is being worked out. By God, through God, for God, for our good and His glory. We love the part that says, all things work together for our good. We forget the rest, don't we? We forget the part that says, and we know, and we know, and we know, and we know. Dear Saint, that's struggling today, 
Look at this verse. And we know. Not, and we wonder. And we're uncertain. And we're struggling with it. And we know. We know. That all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. His purpose and His calling, those who know Him is what this is. You won't know Him unless His glory has been revealed. Today, you might have been hearing this passage for the very first time. You might not know Christ today. Today, I would invite you to come to the Lord who has outstretched arms, who is waiting, who has done everything He can through His work day to show you a glimpse, just a, a glimpse of His glory to change your heart. Would you be saved today? And dear saint who is struggling with sin, who's struggling with, with the circumstances of this life or depression or, or, or their own heart issue of wanting their own glory, come to that same glorious God, be changed by who He is so that you in turn can continue to give Him glory all of your days. The reason our churches and people have little glory present in them is because we make so little of His glory. If you want the glory restored to our church, to your own life, you've got to get a hold of His glory and be changed by it. We have a name for this local assembly. It's called Victory Way Baptist Church, isn't it? It's on everything. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yet many who come to this place have lost their victory and have lost their way. Many who aren't living a victorious Christian life because not because things don't look like they used to, but rather because they don't view God the same way they used to. Because you've lost your victory, because you've taken your eyes off of the glory of God, you've looked at this loss or that loss or this sin or, or that issue or that person. And therefore, you've lost your victory. And then the second part is the way. Victory way. Many have lost their way because instead of looking and following and doing all things of Him, through Him, and to Him for His glory alone, we've been busy for busyness sake. We've been pedal to the metal and not going anywhere, stuck in the mud with the wheels turned. We've been trying to get by on our own strength, by our own power, and for our own glory. We've lost our way. We've gone off course. We've gone in a ditch. Today, I'd love for us to live up to Victory Way. Love for us to live up to the name that's been there, that has been a legacy in the community that knows the Lord, that is supposed to be a place of light and salt to the community. So walk around this community. There's plenty of churches. There's plenty of religion. So little. The glory of God being shown. As I walk around this building, which is just a building, mind you, but it's a building that God gave for His glory. There's a lot of things that could discourage a heart. But when I look out and His Word is open, the lights are still on, 
people still come. I know that God still deserves the glory, can get the glory, and can reclaim a people to live the victory way way. The victory way way is not how our preacher so-and-so did it, and it's definitely not how preacher Joe does it. We're just men. It's certainly not about the past, about how there's been splits or divisions or issues in a church or even all the victories we've had. The victory way must be God's way. It must be to God's glory. Today, I would ask you, and you already know, do you need to return back to His glory? What we need to build a church, it's not going to be found in programs, it's not going to be found in a, a magic pill of a pastor, it's definitely not going to be because you got the bright idea either. It's going to be because God's glory overwhelms and overpowers our hearts, and we in turn give Him glory for it. May it be said a victory way, that we live the victory way way, of Him, through Him, and to Him, all for the glory of God. And Paul says at the end of that verse, one short little word, Amen. Let it be. Everything that has just been said is what he's saying. Yes! A thousand times yes, let it be so. Today, what will you say? Amen? Let's all stand. While the piano plays, there's no real need for me to try to prick your heart to come down here or to pray or anything like that. If you need to be saved and you got questions, I can take the Bible and show you here or later. Today, if you just need to get a hold of God, if you need to return to Him, if you need to give Him that sin or that care, now's the time. If you want the glory back, if you want the victory way, way, it's going to be found not in your power, but in His. Not in your glory, but in His. Would you come?
God, we come to you. We thank you for this time. God, we thank you for your word, for hearts that are still being dealt with this morning. God, may not a single soul be able to leave this place without getting their heart right. God, for those of us who have seen so many things in our life the past couple of years that everything's just been changed upside down and Lord, there's been so many battles lost in our own lives. God, I pray that we would see victory. God, that you would show us the way. God, that you would show us your glory. And God, that in everything that happens, not just in our lives inside these walls as we meet, not just in every ministry that we try to do, but Lord, that the whole source and reason of everything that we do, a ministry or a song or, or a message, the very reason why we walk through these doors, God, may it be for your glory, for your name's sake. God, I pray that you would take these people that would use them. God, that for your name's sake and your glory's sake, that you would build back what has seemed broken. You would build hearts that have been crushed. God, that you would help those who are in desperate need of you today. Lord, that today, if there is one heart of stone today, or one false heart, a wolf in sheep's clothing, God, would you help them? Would you either drive them away or change their heart? But God, protect this place. Protect your people. God, that you would redeem this building and these people, Lord, to be glory givers in this community. God, that this would be a town. This would be a church. These would be homes known by knowing you. God, help us today. Help our hearts. Help you to be the motivation and the goal for all things. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thou art worthy to receive honor, glory, and power. In number 100. Amen.